0: This week we read through the entire book of Romans, and I understand that every single word in the Bible is necessary, it's of God, it is good, it is useful. We need to read the whole thing. But man, the book of Romans is it just feels in so many ways like it's on another level. And I and I I want to be careful here because again. All scripture is majorly important, but the book of Romans it it just summarizes so many things, and and uh, and there's just such a depth to it. I, I will say this: we we have to be careful when you we read the scriptures. Like there's certain portions of scripture, uh, like like narratives, like stories, and and uh, some of the narratives in the Old Testament, we we can almost um, Get in trouble if we spend too much time looking at the details. Um, we we almost start making things up by reading too much into it. For for example, I've heard so many stories about David and Goliath, and and, and it, they, people start looking at every single detail like oh but he took five stones from the brook why did he take five stones and they were smooth stones and they were from a brook why would he do that and then he put them in his pouch what do those five stones represent and why were they so smooth and why would he take five if it only took one out of his sling to hit the giant and they'll just say well the first stone represents this the second one represents this and there he knows how the 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 stones are hard, and yet they're smooth, and and so many of our problems in life are hard, but there's, you know, it's just, really? Is that really the point of that story, or are we getting too lost in the details and trying to read things into scripture? And so we want to be careful when we are reading those stories and those narratives that you get the main point, and you understand how it flows with the uh, the, the rest of the book. Now, when we get to a book like Romans, though, we can uh, err on the other side where we skim over it rather than soaking up every word of this letter that was carefully crafted uh, by Paul, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and the purpose of it was to instruct us on the gospel and make sure we understand this this grace that we stand in and understand what life is all about. And, and uh, I, that's why I just, there's, there's no way I can skim through this book in a few minutes and and just recap everything that we learned. My hope is that you read it carefully. And if you didn't read it carefully this week, Please go back and read it again. I mean, I, I can't get enough of this book. I, I'm just reading. Just, I just want to give you a little example. Um, maybe just a sample of some of the reading. And, and just go through a few verses so you understand the richness of it. And then my hope is that you go back and start looking at phrases and words and really thinking it through. Um, you know, at, at the end of Romans 4... It's talking about Abraham and, and his belief uh, that, that God really was going to make him a father, um, even though he was old. And, and in verse 20, it says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised okay so he's talking about abraham and he and he's talking about i mean look at the words no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of god but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to god fully convinced that god was able to do what he had promised and the point is in verse 22 that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. okay Paul's explained that look you and I we can't become righteous by doing all the things that are written in the law of God. we're all gonna fall short we, we, we're gonna you I don't have to convince you of this you can just look at his law look at his commands and look back at your life. And so you understand this righteousness that you need, that we all need so desperately to come in the presence of God. We're not going to be able to pull it off by ourselves. We're not going to be able to do it by by our actions. But here it says that Abraham, who is the example here, that he was counted righteous because of his faith it was counted to him as righteousness why because he had a belief he had a belief in god's promises he had a he had this unwavering Belief in the promise of God. And he grew strong in that belief, and he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And that's the reason the scripture says that it was counted to him, it was given to him, it was put into his account that, okay, here is a righteous man because he believes in the promises of God. Okay, then he says something really profound. No, not that that wasn't but he says verse verse 23 but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone but for ours also He says the reason why these words were written in scripture was for our sake not just his sake but for our sake. And and he goes on, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. He's saying, you see how, how Abraham, his faith was counted to him. As righteousness and he says that this was written for us also so that we can understand that it's our faith that it's by our faith that we could be counted righteous those of us who believe that Jesus Christ was delivered up for our trespasses he died for our sins And those of us who believe that God raised him from the dead, he says it's that belief that would cause us to be counted as righteous. He was raised for our justification, it says at the very end of the chapter. He was raised for our justification. This is big, big, big stuff. I know many of us, when we were younger, we prayed a prayer and believed that Jesus wiped all of our sin away. But we can just go on in life and just believe it was something that was done. And then we go through life and we have our ups and downs. And, and there's days when things are just so horrible or we feel like they're so horrible. You ever get that where we're where something in your life and maybe that's happening to you right now. A problem you're dealing with is just so massive in your mind and you you're consumed by it. You can't think about anything else well it's because we're not focused on these truths it's because we're not meditating on the words of, of romans man I caught myself this week just letting certain things bother me and then I get back to the book of romans I'm like why does anything bother me i mean look at these truths like like i'm i'm counted righteous like abraham i'm i'm put in the same company as him why because i believe in the promises of god Like, this is the stuff that should be bringing us so much joy that the other things don't get us down. That no matter what happens, we're so focused on the truths of Romans. So focused on these truths of Scripture that it's shocking to other people. I mean, look at the words. I'm just going to look at a, a few more verses today. Romans 5, it continues on. Verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified... By faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, okay, because of our belief, it were counted righteous. Now, we're counted as just. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith because of our belief, nothing we've done, we have peace with God. That's huge. Peace with God. See, a lot of people just assume I mean, I don't, I don't, maybe we forget how much trouble we were in. I mean, verse, verse 9, since, since therefore we've been justified by his blood, much more shall we say, be saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Do you understand? We were enemies and we were rec- an enemy of God. Okay, I don't know what problem you're dealing with in life right now, and I don't mean to belittle those things, but I am saying, compared to being an enemy of God... Dwell on that for a second because of all of our unrighteous, all the garbage, all the disgusting thoughts that have gone through our minds. We were born into sin. We lived in sin. We thought about sin, meditated on sin. We carried out our sin. And because of that, we were enemies. Enemies of the Creator. But now, because we believe We've been justified and we have peace with God. God is not my enemy. More importantly, I am not his enemy. Why? Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's everything. Verse 2. Through him We have also obtained access, by faith, into this grace in which we stand. We have access now, through Jesus. We have access by faith, through believing, not by our actions, not because we did something, we earned nothing. It was just by belief. That it's counted to us as righteousness and it gives us access into this grace in which we stand. Today I stand in the grace of God. God pouring out his grace upon me and I just stand in it. I have access. I'm not under his wrath. I'm under his grace and I stand there. And it says, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Today, have you rejoiced in hope of the glory of God? or you've been so focused on your problems or so focused on things you want to achieve even in ministry or or do you just rejoice in hope of the glory of God some of us are terrible hopers i am terrible at hoping I, you know for for many of us we've been let down so many times in life that i don't know if you do this but every situation you go into you you kind of just expect the worst you just figure, okay, if I have low expectations, I'm just going to assume this is going to be horrible. This way, you won't be let down. And 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 so you go through life, and it and it works. You know, you 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 do things, and you go into situations kind of expecting the worst. So then, if something mediocre happens, you go, whoa, that was way better than what I expected. But if you go in with all this anticipation, you're just going to be let down, right? Then you walk away bummed out that it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And so it's for a lot of us, because we've been let down, because people have made promises that they didn't keep, we just kind of almost assume everyone's lying. We just assume this or that. And so we live without a whole lot of hope. And... And that may be fine when we're dealing with people. But now when we're dealing with Scripture, now when we're dealing with the promises of God, we want to be like Abraham, who was unwavering. Oh, man, I, I know everyone lets me in and everyone lies to me, but God doesn't. And, and I have this unwavering hope right, concerning the promises of God. God is able to do what he has promised. And so it's this hope where we go, no, I know that what God accomplished on the cross, what he said it accomplished, it accomplished. And to have an unwavering hope in that and to rejoice. So it's not like, ah, I hope this works out. It's a hope. This is, no, I rejoice in this. I rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That means You and I as believers, if you're a believer, our hope is, man, any day I'm going to see this almighty God in all of his glory. I have peace with him. He's going to let me into his presence. I'm going to see his glory and I'm going to share in that glory. Oh, man, whatever I have to endure, no big deal. I mean, this is what we rejoice in. This is what we exult in. That's what Romans 5 is saying. Verse 3, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Okay? Not not only do we rejoice in the future, but even right now as we suffer. This is a theme. This is something that Jesus told us to do, to rejoice in our sufferings. Over and over and over again in the New Testament, we are told to rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Why? Well, he says, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. You you can't shortcut this. He says, For those who who maybe have been down this week because of suffering, and maybe it's suffering for the sake of the kingdom, understand that he's referring to suffering for the sake of the kingdom. It's not suffering because you did something wrong. It's the idea of this suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. There's just suffering on this earth. There's suffering on this earth, and that's included here, but the suffering is really about our lives as believers. We're going to suffer for what is right. And the Bible says we should rejoice when we suffer for what is right. In fact, any type of suffering produces endurance. You can't endure. You can't be a persevering person unless you've gone through suffering. So he says, just like you rejoice in your future glory, you rejoice in in the hope of the glory of God, now you rejoice in your suffering, knowing that suffering is producing an endurance in you. And then it says, endurance produces character. Don't you want to be a man or woman of character? That doesn't just happen. It happens through suffering. And as you suffer, you don't give up, but you endure. And it's that type of endurance that produces character. And it's character that produces hope. So, those who don't hope in the glory of God, it could be because you're not suffering. And persevering through your suffering and developing a character and a character that produces hope. And then in verse 5, I love this. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, this is why I'm saying you can't just breeze through the book of Romans. Every single word, hope, does not put us to shame. Okay, you know how other times when you hope for something, you, know, you put your hope in someone else, it you can be put to shame, can't you? You can be let down, you can look foolish, but he says, no, not not with God. This type of hope, we're not going to be put to shame. There's going to come a day when we realize it was so worth it. We will not be put to shame. God accomplishes what He promises. He is faithful to His promises. And He says, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's a deposit of something that's already happened. Like We don't have to wonder, is this really true? Is this really going to happen? Because he gives us his spirit now. And it's his spirit who convinces us of his love. It's through his spirit that God's love is poured into our hearts. See, so much of this is about what God has done internally in you. That's why when you hear the scriptures, when you read the scriptures, it just ignites something inside of you because the Holy Spirit has poured God's love into your heart to where you can believe it and know it and rejoice in it. That's why we emphasize week after week on this podcast. Get alone with God. Don't just hear the word when you're at a gathering and someone teaches it. Don't just listen to other people teaching the word of God. Get alone with him. Get alone with him and thank him. Sense His Holy Spirit pouring out God's love into your heart. Be alone with the Word and let it just come alive with just you and God in the room. I don't know what you're dealing with this week, but I'm just saying, take your mind off of it and spend some time rejoicing in hope of the glory of God.